0: It's time to open up the hallowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast, Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith.
1: Welcome. So glad you could be with us today. Uh, It is a much nicer day uh, here in Virginia, beautiful and sunshiny, so we must have Jennifer in the house. Right.
2: It's always sunshine. That's right. Sunshine,
1: (laughs) also known as Jennifer Owen O'Quill, is uh, here today. Our topic today is something we're calling Boundaries in the Fast Lane, and so we're going to talk about what are the boundaries in the workplace? Um, how do you set up an environment where, by having the right discussions, you can lead to innovation and better productivity and better performance? Um, so Jennifer will be with us all day. Uh, we know that sometimes you'd like to join in, so you can call us during the show at 1-866-472-5788. You can email us at jeff at voltageleadership.com. During the week, if you want to come out and find us or you'd like to work with us, we're at www.voltageleadership.com. You can like us on Facebook at Voltage Leadership. You can connect with me at Jeff Smith, Voltage Leadership Consulting, or Jennifer Owen-Oquill at Voltage Leadership Consulting. And you can follow us on Twitter at Voltage Leadership. So, Jennifer, glad to have you here today. It's
2: great to be here.
1: Yeah, so Jennifer and I have been together the last uh, hour and a half or so. Um, last week we were uh, together doing strategic planning, so right. today we're more uh, kind of continuing that conversation truthfully about uh, a market we might be interested in and you know, just showing that You know that it's important to not just do the strategic plan one time. It really is coming back. That was sort of our core message last week. Is don't let that happen one time. So Jennifer and I spent uh, last hour and twenty or thirty minutes really talking a little bit about key clients and then where do we want to expand our business. So I think it's important that we live that out, and you guys get to see that.
2: Absolutely, and it was it was a great location too. The back porch (laughs) was lovely, sunshiny, beautiful day, and uh, makes for a good conversation. So I would also add to that: get out of your environment. To do some different thinking. Right? Yeah. You can get the same results sometimes when you're in the habit of your own place, but get out of your environment
1: to have different kind of conversation. Well, oh, I like it. Uh, so, Jennifer, boundaries and the fast lane. Yeah. So, she thought this topic up. So, I did. Uh, you know, what, what did you have in mind? Maybe give us an overview of the topic and uh, get us started on the path today.
3: Well,
2: uh, this is a theme that's been coming up in my work in the last uh, couple of months, actually how to set boundaries. Uh, different than sort of performance benchmarks this is where I want you to go. Mm-hmm. More, more boundaries of this is what's allowed and this is what's not allowed. This is the kind of thing we do. This is the kind of thing we don't do. So how do you set good boundaries both um, around the kind of work that's done and the way that you do the work. So both tasks and, uh, and relationships. And so I thought that would be a great way for us to Begin after Labor Day. How do we how do we work together well uh, to be our most productive
1: uh, teams? Yeah, good. Um, you know, so I'm I'm always curious. You know, um, these the boundaries. Also, you know, I would say there's um, as we were talking about this. What do we allow? You know, so even around time management, so that's one of the boundaries we'll probably explore somewhere along the line. You know, and and I found myself, um, even yesterday, I I did do some work yesterday to um, get ready, finish out some billing, things like that. And it it, it was intriguing. One of the kids were like, Why are you working today? I said, Well, the first two days of this week are really busy. And right now, we just got home from a trip. And I said, I'd much rather work now and be able to go to your soccer game tomorrow night than, you know, saying, oh, I'm not going to work at all on uh, Labor Day Monday, you know? And so I think there's also what boundaries do we use to help ourselves? And what boundaries do we sometimes put that keeps us from being as successful as possible? So I'm curious to explore both.
2: I am, Yes, I am too. That's all right. Interesting to find out. Well, good. Where do you want to start?
1: Well, maybe it's just, uh, you know, Let's go with some of the boundaries that, that you see maybe, let's maybe start at the team level. You know, I'm kind right. of curious, you know, right. so walk us through some of the boundaries that you work with on teams to help them maximize their performance. And then we'll kind of work our ways to individuals.
2: So a couple of things. One is is making things crystal clear mm. is helpful, okay. uh, and preferably in advance of a problem. <laughs> <laughs> So th- that's the first thing I would say is how you set up your ground rules so that people know what's yes and what's no and have a real conversation about that and to keep having that conversation uh, as you go along regularly. So I actually encourage folks to repeat the uh, repeat and reframe those boundary conversations uh, around what the ground rules are for the team about how they want to show up with each other and then to check in about how they did. It doesn't have to take long, um, but it's a helpful thing, helpful tool to keep before people how we should be being.
1: Give um, us an example. I, you know, I could hear some people, you know, we've got folks from all over the, over the world. And so this is, a you know, one of those way we're using it is probably pretty U.S. centric, you know. Mm-hmm. So as we're describing boundaries, you know, for some of our friends that are in, you know, the UAE or Belgium or China, you know, they might be like, I don't understand boundaries. Like that's in between our countries, you know, like what, what is that? So can you give us an example of maybe a, a, a boundary that you see in a team?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So one of the boundaries that a team may set for itself is to listen listen first uh, before interjecting, right? Okay. So we're letting a person finish. Uh, the, the,
1: Are you done talking? Can I start talking? Yet? That's exactly right. <laughs> we go back and forth
2: in this setting. It makes it more interesting. And uh, allowing all the ideas to be heard before we start cutting them down, right, or, mm. or, or mixing them up. Um, so the, some of the boundaries about... Um, some boundaries about respect and how we how we are how we talk on teams. I, I think back um, to you coming back from an engagement with a client, and a new person was entering a team, and really healthy team, but a dynamic team. And by that, I mean a lot of heat and laughter around the table. And and I remember you saying I had to sit alongside him and say you'll get used to it. And the person was really excited yeah. and a little intimidated. Right? How am I going to get in here? Right. So you know the, the group can set the boundaries but the intentional choosing of them delivers you a
1: different outcome um, so uh, a phrase I hear often are ground rules you know ground rules and boundaries alike different same what how would you, you a ground
2: rules is a tool to help you define a boundary okay and so another, another boundary, uh, to, to play on that ground rules is are is there a good referee who's mm-hmm. refereeing mm-hmm. and everybody in a, in a team, once you have ground rules, it's to be a referee and how you lean into that, then helps you practice with your team, uh, in advance of the time that you'll have to do the same thing with your own direct reports, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you a chance, a chance to practice what's, what's allowed, what's not allowed. How do you help each other, um, bring your best self to the occasion,
1: Okay. Uh, let's peel another layer, boundaries and values, right? So it's sort of, uh, you know, uh, so I, I like the ground rules sort of help us stay in or watch our boundaries, right? And yeah, where do values and boundaries intersect?
3: Yeah. Well, I, I
2: think that the kind of boundaries you set – will convict you of your values. <laughs> convict you? I always think interesting language. Um, so, yeah. The the kind of ways that you... What you say yes to and what you say no to says something about you.
1: Yes. No. Right. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: And you're also okay with silence. We heard a little, a little quiet in between those
3: two.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, how do how do you go about... like? I'm intrigued as a, you know, leading the team. You know, I'm, I'm one of the listeners here. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that could be something that's interesting to me. How do I go about setting the boundaries for my team? And, you know, as we roll through the show, we'll get more and more into sort of us as individuals and what do we do. But okay. what do we as the leader of the team do to help start to establish the boundaries?
2: So this is where it gets tricky, yeah. right? Because there is there is the pace of the leader is the pace of the team. So there are some uh, things about... How you roll and what you bring to the game, right? That you were chosen to bring to the table as a leader.
3: Mm. And
2: the organization likely wants some of that. The the trick is to figure out what the organization wants and which part of the organization wants it. (laughs) And then... How to navigate how to do that, how to execute on those desired outcomes that the organization has for you and your role um, successfully with the people who may or may not want those same things. So um, how does it play out? I think it's about being curious, um, asking some questions to help find out what people, where people are, to see how foreign your set of values, your boundaries, your ground rules might land in this group and then figure out from those conversations how to build something together mm-hmm. right? that you can all agree on and and you might have a bunch of stuff over here that's not happening that doesn't end up in the agreement and so now you have an aspiration about where you're going to go mm-hmm. right? but you, a starting place for boundaries is people must agree or uh, you won't have a lot of success holding folks accountable for that it's a starting point sure you can hold out your aspirations. I'm not saying you can't say, well, you know, I'd like us to get here and this is where we'll start.
1: Okay. Yeah. You know, I was working with a, a leader from Cleveland clinic earlier this year and, um, you know, it's interesting. This guy is known for his ability to get results, right? Um, he kind of had a preconceived notion that there was a boundary. You never talk about personal life uh, in work, like in those two shouldn't mix. That was his. The challenge was, that doesn't really match up with the value system where we're trying to take care of all these patients. They, they call themselves caregivers. And so uh, as a leader, if, you don't, if you're not caring and giving to your employees, that is going to be really hard. And so he kind of wants to keep everything neutral and in business language. And the, his folks on the team, though, were saying, I want to know you. I want you to know me so that you can draw the best from me and so he really had to learn to cross a boundary that he had sort of artificially put up that you know he kind of been taught earlier in his career you know you don't talk about personal stuff at work but the organization is saying no these people live with patients and their caregivers we do talk about that and so he had to learn to kind of uh, a conflict between his own personal boundary and what the people in his team really needed.
2: Boy, that is so true in so many leadership roles. Particularly as you as you elevate in leadership, the kinds of conf- things that you share might seem out of sync with what what's normal public discourse. Like you might overshare as you wait,
1: Lee Hubert. You, Lee Hubert, are you here? Wait.
2: <laughs> <Lee>. <laughs> uh, uh, as you raise your – in leadership, sharing a story in a public venue, a meeting that humanizes you because you can't create a relationship, a personal relationship with everyone on your team. So it's their one time for them to see and understand who you are, what your value system is, and where how they connect to you. So it's a tool of – inspiration it's a it's a way that you connect with your audience these folks they work for an organization but they really also work for you they want to they want to gut check on their leader Mm -hmm. and so by having a good um way of relating and telling a story about yourself that allows you
1: to Confess a little bit of who you are it's helpful oh boy so what you're telling me is Conviction, after break
3: confession.
1: Jennifer's going to come back with some convictions some confessions <laughs> woo we are smoking today uh, so uh, please join Thank us Jennifer guess. will be with us throughout and uh, come back to us after two minutes and we'll tell you some confessions apparently talk to you in two
4: streaming live the leader in internet talk radio voice america.com the latest business information is made simple with the voice america business network the professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics Strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up to date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Have you become a member yet? The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast, illuminating leadership.
1: Welcome back. I've got Jennifer Owen O'Quill with me today, and apparently she's got uh, she's been convicted of a few things. She's got some confessions to make. And, oh wait, that's okay. If you weren't here for the first part of the show, uh, <laughs> she just had a conviction, and then we were like, "And we have to confess to some things." I'm like, "Wow, this is just fun, yeah." So uh, she's blushing a little. So we'll, uh I'll stop focusing on Jennifer. Um, thanks for being with us. Um, and what we're what we're trying to do is to help you understand um, what are some of those conversations that need to happen in a team, uh, as well as for individuals that really are not always easy to talk about, to know how to address. And how do you take them on? So Jennifer's got a bit of a road a roadmap that she's created that I thought might help us sort of navigate this. Um, so Jennifer, you want to start us on your uh, roadmap and help us understand how do we how do we address boundaries?
2: Right. So so you want good boundaries in the workplace. You want relationships to be as, uh, clean. People not making each other mad. Um, creating a lot of drama in the workplace. So it's some simple things to keep in mind, right? Um, Pause at the intersections. When you are going through change, you know you need to slow down and look both ways at an intersection. So think of the changes that you are um, asking people to make or the changes Mm -hmm. that are being asked of you. As stop signs on the intersection, how do you take a moment, look both ways, and bring your whole team with you across that intersection safely? So, pause at the intersections and look both ways. Um, stop yes.
1: there, yeah. Stop there for one second. You know, so as you talk about change, you know, we had this uh, the other week with one of our clients um, that I didn't really think about in these terms, but we were um, asking someone to go report to somebody else, and one of the things that we are really clear about was the start and stop and who should they reference and who should they not reference. And the reason we're doing that is that this was going to be a pretty controversial change in the organization. And we felt like if we didn't set up the boundaries in our language for today, what was going to happen was this person was going to still get tapped into to do their old job. And the change would not have happened. And so what we're trying to do is signal to the organization too to say here's how we're going to interact in the new way. And pause, like you're saying, look both ways. And what we're asking you to do is different than what we just that intersection you just came from. We're actually asking you to do something completely different. And so we sort of did a start to do this, don't do that. So that folks understood actually how to practically go and do it. And so it was after um, August 15th, you contact this person for this. You now For this piece of work, you contact this person. So that it was really clear, so that that person could have success, but also the team could have success. If we weren't clear, it would have felt like the person had two jobs for the next six months. Right. You know, and so I think that's one example of uh, of, as you're navigating change about what do you do stopping and pausing an interception? What's next?
2: Uh, I this is my favorite uh, don't rubberneck
1: don't rubberneck oh don't boy don't tell me about this oh my goodness
2: so we love to have when something unexpected happens we love to pay attention to it, particularly if it's not our responsibility to talk about it think about it look at it no so I know that that's going to happen mm-hmm. things are going to explode in your in your <laughs> local area but they're not your problems or your solutions to come up with. So all you need to do is notice it, name it, and if your team needs it framed, needs to understand the meaning you're going to assign to what happened over there, then that's the frame you put around it. So notice mm-hmm. it, name it, frame it if you need to and move on. So that there's just quick lessons learned and let's go keep going so that you it it allows for a space for learning that mitigates gossip. Uh. So you're giving some ground rules as you talk about something else that's happening somewhere else as a learning opportunity and also frames it in a way that's respectful to the rest of the organization.
1: Hmm. Do so you have an example maybe for us to, to, of something where you've seen?
2: Something, so yes. So if, if a, rollout, a rollout goes poorly kay. in a, an IT rollout, kay. let's say, and there are some problems, but you're not in the IT department, Right. right? And some things went right and some things went wrong as the as the rollout was failing. Well, just to be able to say, hey, let's notice what went right and, and thank those folks for doing those things, right? And let's notice what went wrong. What's our part? And what part, if we're rolling something out, do we want to not do, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's framed as a learning opportunity. And they probably need some support right now. So you frame a, a we in the organizational structure, right? We're part of this. We're with them. And so they probably need some support right now and some, and some extra um, grace so If there's things we can wait on. Let's do that. But then you move on and you don't focus on something that you don't have control over. It's not, you are not going to solve it, but you can help the solution by spending less time um, asking questions. You might be able to answer with each other, right? Um, thanking them for the things that went right and focusing on those things and, and say, and saving that any feedback that you have for a, one time later when they're able to handle it. So,
1: yeah, you know, um, I agree. And that one's hard. It's hard. You know, because it is kind of, um, you know, medium to larger organizations. Right. You know, when you really get into those depart- big departments. So, once you probably hit 100 employees often, you know, you have pretty significant departments. And um, sometimes there can be real rivalries between departments. And so you can sometimes feel like, yeah, that department, they, they were kind of a jerk to us last year. And now, when it didn't go so well for them, huh? You know, right. kind of, uh, uh, isn't that good? It went bad for them. W- what's wrong with that thinking? Isn't that like, you know, gosh, it's finally my turn to feel good about something else not going right for somebody else? Right. We check your character, is what I would say. Check uh, my character. Check your character. All right. Yeah. Uh, normally, it's Tigger the Tiger. Confession,
2: character. <laughs> We're just hitting it all today. All
1: right. So <laughs> tell me about the character. I'm not saying I disagree, but help me understand.
2: Well, it the way that we respond to someone else's. There is that karmic thing, too. Yeah, sure. uh, but the way that we respond to someone else's challenge says a lot about who we are and right. how we are going to be treated. So you're basically calling forth the things that are that your people will expect of you when it's them. Uh, so be, be very careful. Yeah. I, you have to. I think it's a vision casting moment mm. about who we want to be, who we want to be as, as teammates, who we want to be as an organization. Well, and that, we, and that again, it's we, it, if, it, it's very important as organizations grow in size to maintain that sense of we're in this together and we're, we're working for a common cause and to call that out. Like, how do we, how do we look at that? And um, you were talking about healthcare earlier. You know, how do we look at what the wellness is? That? How do we contribute to the wellness of the community with this? And these folks need help with the wellness right now. So that brings me to my last point.
1: Uh, I'll stop there because yes. uh, it could sound like I'm the one that did that. Hey, I will tell you. Early in my career, I probably did do some of that. Um, uh, probably in my 20s, uh, the competitive side of Jeff. You know, it was. You know, I can remember working at Capital One, and one floor was collections, another floor was customer service, and they did not get along. It, it was obvious. Now, we all worked for Capital One. We were all attached to the same dollar, uh, all to the same stock price. But it, sometimes we'd forget that we worked for Capital One, and it was more like you worked for the third floor, fourth floor, collections, customer service. And, you know, it really took leaders coming and saying, Let's go take a take a moment and walk in their shoes. Let's see what it's like to take collection calls, you know. And then we brought a few collections folks down to customer service and let them hear. Wow, it's not as easy as we, as we thought. There are a lot more challenging calls than we realized. So there was some good leadership that said. I'm not going to let the boundary of floors get in the way of us being good partners to our sister departments. You know, so they started to use family in a positive way. Like, you know, we should be one organization. We're all working together to help our cardholders instead of working against each other. Right. But before that, it was a bit of blood sport, quite honestly. It was kind of fun to say, can you believe that the department didn't do it? And it can feel like, so this is especially for younger leaders, it can feel like that's a way to connect with folks that work for your team, you know, that you can kind of say, oh, look at them, when really that's tr- showing what Jennifer talked about, the character, like, you know, better at that point to say, hey, what can we learn how do we help support them? How do we help challenge them? Now, you can go behind the scenes and really push that sister department and say, hey, you got to get going and, and do that. But publicly, you really need to watch. Otherwise, the next time when something goes wrong, you won't have anybody there to support you. Right. Yeah. I, I
2: would also say that uh, to hit on the competition piece, Yeah. healthy competition. Yep. Competition is great. It's fun. Some people don't like it. I, and it's, it's fun. Pitting people against each other. Uh, in a pitched battle of uh, of fear and and mistrust, that's not fun. Yeah. So you know, I was thinking back to when we added Lee to the group, and we were all at an event together, and just this the fun I like to play, right? right? So hey, let's play and let's and let's have this competitive thing where we where we.
3: See, Go and see how people. many new people right. we can sure. meet
2: in this yeah. conversation, right? And it's just, but that's fun, not yeah. more than more than mean spirited, right? So what's the intent behind it? And are you sure that the intent that you have was communicated? Yeah, uh, interesting.
3: Piece?
1: Now you were saying you we're getting down on this roadmap. So we've oh, yeah. we've had a pause in intersections. Yes. Let's not rubberneck. You know, let's let's make sure we kind of own our space and don't over own another department's space. You know, what what else is in your roadmap?
2: So when something bad happens, be a good Samaritan.
1: Be a good Samaritan. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, what's stop that mean? And what's, help. what's that mean? Be a good Samaritan. Oh
2: uh, well, back to the back to the IT uh, rollout that went terribly off the rails earlier, right? So how can you stop and see if there's something that you can do yourself yeah. that will alleviate their workload? Sure. And is there some another point in person you can have internally, right? That can solve some things you might normally. Uh, send to them and then can, how do you communicate that to them so that they know you're helping so that there's some good boundaries around that uh, other ways that you can just when something goes wrong right it's like well that's not really you know i'm glad that isn't me if the silence in a meeting when something goes wrong is not helpful yeah. But like do you know what do you need from us to, to get you through this time just that it probably isn't very much but being simply being asked that is helpful energizing So um, stop, help. The other thing is being a good Samaritan is also speaking up when something bothers you. You Being silent when you're mad, (laughs) when someone crosses a boundary of yours does not serve you or them. Yeah. And, And figuring out how to do that well and having a plan in advance
1: is helpful. We'll do that after uh, we're coming up to a break. We'll do that in our next section. How, how do we address that, right? Yeah. Um, but I do think that this is important about uh, speak up when something bothers you. Um, you know, I also think it's just speaking up, period, um, about what's the right thing. Um, you know, so one of the, the boundaries that uh, we've instituted in several of the teams I've been in is something called no triangulation. And so it basically means that I can't talk about another teammate if that teammate's not there. And so if someone is doing that, you have to have the courage as that other person when they start to talk, say, hey, Jennifer's not here. We can't talk about Jennifer. And that's part of stopping and speaking out. That's being a good Samaritan. That's living up to the boundary that you agreed to as a team. And it's hard and it's challenging. And probably when you are first starting your career, that's one of the hardest things to do. But as you get to be as a leader, it, you're always going to be kind of pitted against another leader. And like, hey, did you hear what they said? And you have to, really take that step back and we'll talk more about doing it deeper but feeling comfortable saying you know that's interesting not really something i need to worry about right now okay so uh, no great true confessions in the segment. Uh, so we, we left them hanging. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure that out for later. Uh, I did last week uh, break out a rap. So that, I, you know, that, that, that confession I said good. I've done a rap in front of uh, a thousand people at my high school. So we won't have anything else big like that today. But we will give you some ideas on how to help you be able to set the boundaries when we come back from break in two minutes.
4: stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com psych up live with host dr suzanne phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective it's a look at what matters to us Phenomenon. All right, never mind. (laughs) That's every Saturday right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus, creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, book 18.
5: Rachel Carson, in the sea around us, said...
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guests today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. and so glad you could be with us today. Thanks for taking a little part of your week to spend time with us. And uh, hopefully we're giving you some ideas to help you learn and grow your own career. Um, I'm here with Jennifer Owen-Oquill from Voltage Leadership Consulting. Uh, Jennifer launched a new program last week uh, with uh, Amp Up Your Influence. It's about executive presence and being able to um, really help folks understand what they're doing and how they're being successful, which I think is really linked to this. She also has classes like strategy and leadership that help you in any any phase. So if these topics interest you, please reach out to either me or Jennifer, and we'll make sure we get you some contact information. Absolutely. So congratulations, successful launch. Thank you. It was fun. Great group. Yeah, that's it what it sounded fun. like. Really great. So we were talking a little bit before the break. Uh, we gone through your roadmap of you know, pause at intersections. You know, so look both ways and navigate change. Don't rubber rubberneck. That you know means when there's something that happens in that area, don't like bypass it. Notice it. Frame it up but don't stress over, especially if it's not in your area. When something happens, be a good Samaritan. Stop, help, speak up when something's bothering you. Um, knowing the rules of the road, make sure that you've got you know, really clearly established ground rules and things like that. So what I'm curious about is if I'm a leader and I wanna start, I wanna get better at this. You know, I can attend your amp up, your influence, you okay. Um, what else can I do to, to help myself get better at sort of recognizing boundaries, determining appropriate boundaries, and being just maybe a better leader?
2: I would start with a question and it's a lofty question because that's where we started. You know, what reputation do you want to earn? Ah. Uh, what do you want people to say about you? Okay. Right? So, uh, behind your back, what do you want to be convicted of? Mm. And uh, that matters. At some point, that you will be that will, a decision will be made and you'll be called to account for that, you know? And and I I had an experience in my life. It was a hard experience, but I uh, I got accused of being a leader. And I was happy to be accused of being a leader, but the organization did not want one. So I, that was my time to like, that's, you've absolutely convicted me of exactly who I want to be. And so if that is not what you're interested in, then this is not my organization. So it's helpful to know who you are and why it matters to you. Um, being clear about, uh, what you, what you value, what matters to you and how you want to go about it. Right. So what, uh, What approach are you going to have? And what do they need? Hmm. So it's also the boundary of, of, as I'm navigating a new team, this is what I am and what I'm good at. This is where I shine. And they might not be ready for your brilliance at the moment, right? They may need some moments to get there. And you may have a different level of brilliance based on what they're capable of than you ever thought possible. But you have to have a beginning place. So when you're entering a new team, right, who am I and how am I my most brilliant? Where are they? And how are they being brilliant right now? And where do I see with a with a one degree change, it could be that much more brilliant mm. and begin there.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So that's why ground rules are a great question to ask because you get a sense of where the trust level is, what they're willing to say. Don't be frustrated that it isn't what you wanted. Right. Um, celebrate that now you have a piece of information that's going to send you into uh, a a group and a team uh, environment that you have the opportunity to shape and maintain.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's interesting. Uh, You're making me ponder. This is a great question, Jennifer. If only take one thing, listener, from today, take this question. What reputation do you want to earn? You know, I think that's a great question. You know, So uh, I was just reflecting back on uh, earlier in my career. um, You know, I was called a nice guy, strong integrity, really good at developing people, um, really good at maintaining work-life balance and good builder of teams. You know, but there's also this little bit of reputation of was I too nice, you know, and was I able to handle conflict? And so in some ways I didn't mind being called too nice, but it also helped me understand that that meant, that I probably didn't stand up for my team enough. And there were times where I probably didn't uh, understand that I was avoiding a conflict that could have made my team even stronger. And so I had to kind of grow into that. Still not my greatest strength, right? But it helped me understand, okay, this is the reputation I'm earning. How do I get better at something, Mm -hmm. right? So being curious. You know, I'm curious too. Like, let's say that I'm in a staff meeting now. And someone kind of crosses a a boundary. You know, they they kinda you're the leader of the meeting and they all of a sudden they cross one of those boundaries. Maybe they're attacking a sister department, maybe they're attacking somebody on the team, maybe they're attacking you. Right? what do I do practically? Like, holy cow, that, I mean, it happens. Jennifer and I, we facilitate lots of meetings and we're in often uncomfortable spots where, you know, something's happening where we have to facilitate the way out of it, you know, and often we're hired and asked to do it. That doesn't mean it's easy, but, well, you know, so one thing you can do is, if you know there's going to be hard conversations, do you have a facilitator? So I, I would encourage, it doesn't have to be us. It can be an internal facilitator as well. But what else do you should you be thinking about when you're kind of, ooh, you stumbled into something now?
2: So what I would ask you to think about this is it's, it's your fire drill. If you do uh, not know have an answer to what you do when Jeff asked that question, you have not done the fire drill because we are all going to have this experience sometime probably in the next month where something is going to be said in a public setting and we need to be able to respond and you need to be able to figure out what reputation you want to earn with that response. Right. And so uh, here's what I've decided about that. So what I've decided about that is um, you matter, what you have to say matters and your behavior matters. So I'm interested in what you have to say and your point of view and the way that you said it is not a way that I can hear. And so we're going to stop right now and we're going to, and sometimes the whole meeting needs to be redirected if someone's trying to basically take over a piece of the meeting, right? Mm. Um, so that's if you're leading the meeting. So you okay. can stop. So you, if, you, if you get caught off guard and you're seeing red, that is not the time to lean in and try to solve that. Right. And it isn't the time to pull them out in a private situ- situation because they brought it in a public setting. Right. It needs to be navigated in a public setting so that the whole group sees what the rules are. Yes. Right? The referees are on the field in a ball game and they have public discussions about what needs to happen next. So that's the model in my mind. We have to be able to be good referees as okay. leaders and as, and as peers and as people, we also need to be able to signal what's not okay. Even if it's, if we're, if we're in a meeting and someone else is leading it, um, I just want to signal that I am not comfortable with what's being said right now or how it's, or more how it's being said. Sure. Right? And uh, you don't necessarily need to continue to lean in simply the act of signaling that this is not does not this is very difficult for me the and I'm not in this with all of you I it's
1: helpful so what happens so you know are you saying no conflict then in meetings what are you saying
2: and conflict in meetings is fine okay good and when you be it, it, and when you become enraged mm-hmm. that is not a level of conflict that is going to be successfully navigated right. so i would also say just check your check your temperature right if if you are able to navigate really easily through that wow, yeah. oh, i really appreciate your thinking here and i and i also need you to say that in a different way so if you want me to come back to you in a moment i will if that's at the level of heat then you're able to think through that next thing yeah. so you need to be able to have several different responses to several different scenarios so what's yeah. a level 1 conflict had how do you handle it level two then when it's level five and someone really um confronts you aggressively or the organization aggressively in a meeting how do you pause and know what your move is and ha- and actually physically practice saying it out loud
3: right
2: to yourself so that you feel confident when okay. that experience comes that you can go to that piece of your memory and just say the thing that you memorized right and it'll give you a moment to collect yourself then you can decide what to do
1: yeah, in general, I agree. Uh, you know, I think sometimes um, I call that clearing in the, to your point, if it happened in a team environment, it has to be cleared up in the team environment. You know, you and I could be going having a go at it, and we're with five other people. We can go offline and clear it up, but we still have those other five people that, you know, they didn't see that we're okay. So you've got to come back to it. Great if you can clear it up that day. Not always possible, right? Not always so, possible. So, but you've got to come back to that setting and saying. Here's what happened. Here's how we're going to address it going forward. It actually makes the team much stronger. We, we had a scenario there last week where it was sort of a larger audience and someone was being inappropriate in a sort of a QA and a form, right? Right. And so tough. You're the leader, yes. and you got someone that doesn't like the change. They've got the floor. They're actually getting some support from people on the floor, but inappropriate, overly aggressive. Holy crap, what do I do now, Jennifer?
2: Well, here's what I, my advice, and then you might have different advice, Jeff, but as a leader who, if you're the one who's initiating change, or if something has gone wrong inside of the organization, to me, I'm the owner, and I need to own the anger too. And so I find that if you take that on, and I learned this from a great, one of my favorite leaders, shout out to Lee Barker, right? He said, Jennifer, just have a public meeting, listen, and take it all on. And even though the decision or the or the specific might not be yours own every last bit of it, because that grace will convey to the rest of the audience. You're actually not in that moment talking to that individual. You're talking to the room. Mm-hmm. And so how you show up in that moment and being able to hear and really engage and um, name, you have a lot of upset. And is there anything more? Is there anything more I want? All right. And to be able to keep keep listening and simply listen um, I, I find I find that to be a very helpful tool what do you do in situations like that
1: yeah you know I've been there um, I, I've, I've been involved in oh, almost 30 mergers and acquisitions yeah. and that's a that's heat. a time period yes where there's a <laughs> lot of heat I, I've been standing there and now I've announced it myself I've been there with the CEO um, so I've been in those tricky spots and like you know I can remember one where our benefits package wasn't as going to be as good as what they had previously and to your point, similar let me know all the things that you're thinking about and um naming it saying gosh you seem really upset i'm wondering you know what else you've got for us so that we can get to the root cause because i want to make sure i've answered all of your questions now if they're dominating i might start to say hey i've got time for one more question but i will stay and be happy to answer them offline but i also want to get to other people so that because the rest of the audience, you know, at times is squirming, like, how long is this going to go? And this guy this guy or lady is dominating. So there's also an element of how do you manage the whole room. But I'm not trying to say it. I don't try to make that person feel invalidated, right. okay? Um, you know, I think this is a pretty big boundary. You know, hopefully not everyone gets thrown into this first firsthand. But we've got several companies that are in the midst of mergers and acquisitions, uh, thinking about an IPO, maybe, you know, selling themselves, you know, or major change. So you should... I would say um, the thing that I would advise the most is get ready. What are the top 10 hardest questions, practice it. Just like, you know, Jennifer talked about having the fire drill ready. You know, I would think about like, you know, folks that go through debates, you know, they're really, they, they get thrown the hardest questions and they practice that. So uh, what I'd say is that uh, we're up against a break here. So, um, Don't forget that whatever happened needs to be cleared in the room. So if it was in a team meeting, clear it there. If it's a one-on-one, come back next time and clear it there. But have practiced your responses. So when we come back, we'll give you some of our best tips and tools for the week. And uh, we'll be back in two minutes.
4: Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics. Strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America Business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
0: You are listening to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast, Illuminating Leadership.
1: Welcome back. So glad you could be with us. Jennifer oneill O'Quilt has been with us today. Jennifer, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Uh, we're wrapping up the boundaries and the fast lane. So examples of uh, sort of what do you do? You know, how do you address it? You know, so uh, we'll close this this segment really around some of our best tips and tools to understand, you know, how do you go live this out? Right? You know, so um, I, I really like this roadmap. I want to just kind of come back to it. Pause in an intersections. Don't rubberneck. Be a good Samaritan and know the rules of the road before you hit the road. Like, you know, what are your ground rules? You know, our last segment, where we really talked about, hey, when something's going to happen, you know, know what's going to happen. So have something prepared. All right. You know, I guess for you, Jennifer, let's move over to you. You know, I know you got a lot of case studies. You know, anything that's coming to mind that you've worked with recently that, that is an example of some do's and don'ts?
2: Uh, There's a couple that come to mind. I got a a message just this morning um, asking about pace. And and Mm Lita recognizes I am run a different pace than my team. And am I doing this the right way? So it gets back to the question, what reputation are you earning? Sometimes we have a blind spot because we're being who we are. And and so often uh, that's how we think, right? So if you're not curious about how other people work, When you do discover that people might be working differently than you do, then how do you need to pivot and change what you're doing to get the best out of them? It could be different. People need different things than just the things that work for you. (laughs) So be curious. Be curious.
1: Well, and let's stick with that for one second. And pace and the boundary thing of, like, how engaged are you going to be? Like, are you all weekend pinging on people? You know, is that the boundary that you want? You know, are you giving them space to be their best selves? Right. Similar, what kind of requests do you make to sister departments? Like, do you really need something by Tuesday, you know, or could it be Friday, but you don't trust the other bound, the other department? So instead of crossing the boundary and saying, here's the feedback that I have for you, what's the feedback you have for us? What's it like working with us? Too often, then we kind of throw each other into like this competition that doesn't need to be there, right?
2: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I would say that um, if you are the leader and you are making a request, mm. Your people, you have authority, and your people feel the pressure of that no matter what you say. Right. right. So it, don't do, manage your time better than sending messages to people in the middle of the night because they will feel like they need to do something with them. And I, that's a note for
0: myself.
1: <laughs> well, and I was just thinking, we, we were working with a client up at uh, NYU, and this leader um, kids are out of the house, and she says it often. Hey, I don't feel like you know, don't feel like I respond. You know, it's better for me to work on Friday night or Saturday. It's you know, just I don't have kids anymore, so it's okay. But the problem is, it, to your point, there's just this implied pressure all weekend now that people are feeling, and so we had to sort of say to her, "We hear ya." But let's send that email Monday morning, you know, instead of having it be there for her families so because she wants them to be with the families, but I'm like, I can promise you I've been in both spots, right? I've been there where I've gotten that email and now it chews up your whole weekend just digesting it. You right. know, and so she didn't she didn't feel like she was crossing a boundary, but it was clear by talking to her people. They're like, We know she doesn't expect us to do it on the weekend, but it's in our brain all weekend.
2: Well and it's also what you put out is when you're gonna get it back. Right. Right? So right. if you if you push out a bunch of uh, material to people, you're going to get all that back right. and it might be at a very inconvenient time for everyone.
1: So yeah, good. be
2: intentional about that. Yeah. The other thing, I got another one. You ready for that? I'm
1: ready. Go for it.
2: So the other thing that comes to mind is um, how do you process your thinking? Ah. And as you move level or as the organization changes the way it looks around you, are you, are you continuing to have appropriate conversations with the people that you work with? Mm-hmm. And so maintaining that boundary of, uh, in some ways, confidentiality and consequence, right? Yeah. It, it, the th- wor- your words as you change role way more heavily on people, and you feel the same. Mm-hmm. But it, let me, trust me, it went from being a tennis ball to a bowling ball. Right. And it feels different, has a different weight, and, and that just continues to happen as organizations shape and change. So be careful what you say and who your thinking partner is. It's, it, it, it is not okay to talk with your people about their colleagues, Right. That always is bad unless you are saying wonderful things. Right. Um, and then why not celebrate that in public, right? right? So uh, to, if you find yourself saying well, I would say this damn if he was here. But if they're not there, then don't say it. right. <laughs> it doesn't sound nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is one of those uh, we we alluded to this one a little bit uh, when we were doing our prep for the show around transparency. People say they want transparency. And they do in general, but when we're doing something like a reorganization, or we're trying to decide, you know, exactly how to move people around, um, that can be really—you have to watch that conversation. And are you? Why would you be having that conversation? You know, and <clears throat> excuse me. We've seen with several of our clients where folks have grown from being peers to now they're the boss, <clears throat> and now they can't be able to have that ability to have that same conversation that they used to have. Thank you, Jennifer. It's giving me a little water here, um, and that, so they feel like everyone should be able to get along. No, you've moved up in the organization, and so you can't have the same set of conversations. You need a thinking partner. It can be the boss, it can be an outside resource, it can be a sister department, but you can't have that same set of conversations. So to Jennifer's point, that used to be a little, you know, tennis ball conversation that maybe or maybe was not appropriate. Now. When you're having it, it gets reflected everywhere. And is that the reputation that you want to earn?
2: I want to say, I want to drill on this for a moment. So it isn't just if you ascend in leadership. If you have a friend who gets promoted that was a peer or was somebody in another department, but now they're a leader and they might be leading the organization at a high level, Intentionally recontract with that person about yeah. the nature of your relationship. You must stop some we, the work part of the relationship if you're going to maintain the friendship. Yeah, because it will hurt both of you. Right. And um, and to name it, and then to let people know that you've had that conversation. That because when people gain authority, some of those private relationships need to be cleaned up publicly because otherwise it breaks the trust inside the organization. So sometimes simply just pausing and saying. Something I need to say here. So-and-so and and I have been friends, and now they're in this role. And so we've had a conversation, and we're taking our friendship out. You're not going to see or hear about it from either one of us. Um, Or we've decided that we don't want to do that, that we're not going, that we're just going to be colleagues, and that that's going to be enough. And so I just, to just reset everyone's expectations, but be clear about it. Yeah. Helpful to think through.
1: Yeah, and we we've got a situation with that right now where one of our clients um, probably you know promote it and is still using an old friendship to get things accomplished. Right. And there's a reputation that's happening with this person, and it's not good or bad that that it has happened long term. Though it is bad, right? It's kind of one of those like said person wasn't necessarily wrong, and nobody's wrong except it's what the reputation is starting right. to be.
2: It might seem expedient in the moment. Right. But let's take the long view, and and sometimes it's not you just a blind spot. It's right. not intentional. Right. You have a relationship, and of course you talk it
1: over with this person that
2: you've always talked
1: things over with. That's human. Jennifer. Yes. thanks for being here that's great yeah absolutely um, so um, we'll be back again next week uh, we'll be on uh, one o'clock uh, eastern time uh, if you're trying to reach us during the week please shoot us an email at jennifer at leadership.com or jeff at com. you can find us at voltageleadership.com we put our uh, the previous shows so if there's a show you want to go back and listen to or we to also encourage you we put a blog out every Monday where we reinforce Jennifer is right in the midst of a, a series of three or four blogs on and creativity inc i'd highly encourage you to go out to uh, voltageleadership.com and read up on those she's done a great job with it um if you want to track us during the week uh, we also put things out on facebook as well as on twitter to just give you some ideas and try to touch base and keep working on your leadership So we've got some really great folks coming up in the next couple weeks, some authors. We also have um, public speakers. So some really good tips and tools coming up. So we hope you can join us again next week at 1 o'clock. In the meantime, make it a great week. And thanks for being with us. Take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.